Hey, good morning. I'm Greg Schaefer. Welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Cybersecurity Quick Strike for Monday, June 26, 2022. We start out today with an important news story from HelpNet Security. Microsoft Teams vulnerability allows attackers to deliver malware to employees. Now, security researchers have uncovered a bug that could allow attackers to deliver malware directly into the employee's team's inbox. Not good. Quote from JumpSec researcher Max Corbridge, organizations that use Microsoft Teams inherit Microsoft's default configuration, which allows users from outside of their organization to reach out to their staff members. Now, with a social engineering pretext to prime the target, a malware delivery attack exploiting this vulnerability has a considerable chance of success. Now, many organizations have permissive security controls that allow external tenants or Microsoft 365 users outside the organization to message their employees. There's a reason for that. They may want or need to allow communications via Teams with members of other organizations, service providers, and so on for collaboration. These external users or tenants by default can't send files to employees of another organization, but the client-side security controls that disallow this can be bypassed. Corbridge and fellow researcher and JumpSec's head of offensive security, Tom Ellison, discovered. Quote, exploitation of the vulnerability was straightforward using a traditional IDOR technique of switching the external and internal recipient ID on the post request. Now, this allows the external tenant attacker to send a malicious payload that will appear in the target's inbox as a file for download. The U.S. government finally appears to have captured the surface web domains associated with notorious cybercrime marketplace breach forums, despite the arrest of the site's owner months ago. This according to InfoSecurity magazine. Visitors to breached.vc are now presented with the following notice. The domains related to breach forms have been seized by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Inspector General, and the Department of Justice in accordance with the seizure warrant issued pursuant to 18 U.S. 981-982, inter alia by the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia as part of the law enforcement action taken in parallel with the U.S. Secret Service, the Homeland Security Investigations, the New York Police Department, the U.S. Postal Inspection Services, the Dutch National Police, the Australian Federal Police, the United Kingdom National Crime Agency, and Police Scotland. And by the way, that will definitely win as the longest sentence that I will read or say today. The authorities displayed both the Breach Forms logo and an avatar used by its owner, Pompomumpurin, a.k.a. Connor Fitzpatrick, with the digitally altered edition of a pair of handcuffs. It's unclear why this has taken months to get to the stage following the arrest of Fitzpatrick at the time. Administrator Baphomet wrote that they were shutting the site down out of fear that investigators had gained access to its servers. Soon after, a new breach forum site opened with warnings appearing on the original breach site not to trust it. Fitzpatrick 20 of Peekskill, New York, is accused of operating breach forums and thereby enabling cyber criminals to trade in stolen data and other contraband since March of 2022. VCSO Services is a small, specialized, veteran-owned information security firm with a calling, founded on Christian values and focused on the needs of small and mid-sized businesses. 
Our passion is to help small and mid-sized businesses gain a fighting chance in an increasingly hostile cybersecurity threat environment by providing executive part-time virtual CISO services, information security risk management services, and CISO advisory services. Check them out at vcsoservices.com. Cloud Access Security Brokers, or CASBs, as I pronounce them, and SaaS Security Posture Management, or SSPM, are complementary solutions that focus on different aspects of SaaS data security. CASBs apply corporate policies relating primarily to identity, permissions, and data encryption, while SSPM protects data from each individual SaaS app based on the usage and settings within each application, including identity permissions, data encryption, and much more. Now, an Adaptive Shield blog discusses how CASBs compare to SSPM. In contrast to CASB's ability to apply broad corporate policies across all applications, SSPM secures the configurations of each individual application. CASB's function is a broker, hence the B in CASB, viewing the SaaS application from the outside. They track information and users as they access select SaaS applications. Now, SSPMs, in contrast, survey the landscape from within the entire SaaS stack with protections customized for each application. If you want to learn more, check out the link in the show notes. From Security Fairs, a UK citizen who was involved in the attack on Twitter in 2020 was sentenced to five years in prison for cybercrime offenses. Joseph James O'Connor, also known as Plugwalk Joe 24, the hacker who was involved in the attacks on Twitter in 2020, was sentenced to five years in prison for cybercrime offenses. On November 2021, the U.S. Department of Justice indicted jo Joseph James O'Connor for stealing $784,000 worth of cryptocurrency using SIM swap attacks. Crooks conduct SIM swapping attacks to take control of victims' phone numbers, tricking the mobile operator employees into porting them to SIMs under the control of the fraudsters. Once hijacked to SIM, the attackers can then steal money, cryptocurrencies, and personal information, including contacts synced with online accounts. The criminals could hijack social media accounts and bypass two-factor authentication services based on SMS used by online services, including financial ones. Now, according to the indictment, O'Connor and co-conspirators use SIM swaps to gain access to accounts of Manhattan-based cryptocurrency company. Quote, between approximately March 2029 and May 2029, I'm sorry, 2019, we're not at 2029 yet, getting ahead of myself literally. Joseph James O'Connor, also known as Plugwalk Joe, the defendant, and his co-conspirators perpetrated a scheme to use SIM swaps to conduct cyber intrusions in order to steal approximately $784,000 worth of cryptocurrency from Manhattan-based company, Company One, which at all relevant times provided wallet infrastructure and related software to cryptocurrency exchanges around the world, reads the press release from the DOJ. So as part of this scheme, O'Connor and his co-conspirators successfully perpetrated the SIM swap attacks, targeting at least three Company One executives. Using this access, they stole the $784,000 in Bitcoin cash, Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin from wallets managed by the company on behalf of clients. We got a LastPass update from Bleeping Computer. LastPass password manager users have been experiencing significant login issues starting early May after being prompted to reset their authenticator apps. The company first announced that users might need to log back into the LastPass account and reset their multi-factor authentication preference due to planned security upgrades on May 9th. 
However, since then, numerous users have been locked out of their accounts and unable to access their LastPass vault, even after successfully resetting their MFA applications. For example, LastPass Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, Google Authenticator. Compounding the problem, affected customers cannot seek assistance from support since reaching out to LastPass for support requires logging into their accounts, which they can't do because they're locked out in an infinite loop of being prompted to reset their MFA Authenticator. The forced resync of MFA is now preventing me from logging in because LastPass won't recognize the new code, one user said. Now, LastPass says the MFA resets were announced via in-app messages for, quote, several weeks before the initial announcement. A couple of conference notes that you might want to be interested in going to these. The National Cyber Summit is the nation's most innovative cybersecurity technology event, offering unique educational, collaborative, and workforce development opportunities for industry visionaries and rising leaders. NCS offers more value than similar cyber conferences with a diverse focus areas, premier speakers, and unmatched accessibility. Our core focus is on three things, education, collaboration, and innovation. This is at in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, September 20th through 21st, 2023. Then shortly thereafter, at the Music City Center in downtown Nashville, we'll play host to the InfoSec Nashville Conference 2023 on September 26th and 27th, organized by ISSA Middle Tennessee. The conference will be held for the 22nd time this year, so it's a long-standing conference. They are extending the conference to a day and a half for the first time. A capture the flag competition oriented towards security practitioners of all levels will take place throughout the first half of the day. For a full day of captivating speakers and networking opportunities, InfoSec Nashville brings together technologists and security experts ranging from students to CISOs. Two keynote speakers, four tracks of breakout sessions, informal flash sessions, and a bustling exhibition floor are all featured during the conference. The cost of conference entry includes parking, lunch, and a cocktail reception with giveaways in the afternoon. So you can check out both of those conferences by checking the links in the show notes. Then finally, I got a list for you today. The list is uh, five free online cybersecurity courses that you should check out. This according to HelpNet Security. So let's go ahead and check them out together. So the first one is a cryptography course. In this course, you'll learn how to protect information to ensure its integrity, confidentiality, authenticity, and non-repudiation. Okay, I'm hovering over it. It looks like it's from classcentral.com. The next, next one is networks and communication security. I guess these are all from classcentral.com. In this course, you will learn about the network structure, data transmission methods, transport formats, and security and measures used to maintain integrity of, and so on and so forth. Uh, the third one is security awareness training. So you get a good training um, on training. The fourth one is security operations and administration. This course addresses basic security concepts and the application of those concepts in the day-to-day -day operation and administration of enterprise computer systems. And number five, systems and application security. In this course, you will gain an understanding of computer code uh, that can be described as harmful or malicious. So this looks like that it's more or less like an article ad for this, this company, which is, uh, again, highlighting classcentral.com. Not endorsing them, but that is a kind of an eclectic mix, which also reminds me that there was a 
LinkedIn post that I saw earlier today. It was a survey. I, I did not respond um, just because I was lazy. No other reason. Um, but the question was, do you need to or should you have an IT background before getting into cybersecurity? My opinion on that is you should. Um, you should have some sort of baseline IT knowledge in order to learn how to secure it. So um, it's not to say it's 100% necessary, but this these items here could give you that baseline. And that's it for today. I got a couple of great interviews coming up tomorrow. Raj Joshi, the co-founder of Risk One, joins us on the podcast to talk about some great stuff with regards to small and mid-sized business security. He's got some great ideas, including, including taking an idea from Toyota. And then Wednesday, Sean Cook from Island, Enterp the enterprise browser company, which, by the way, not endorsing them, but I love their coffee cup. Uh, joins us to talk about what an enterprise browser is and how it can help businesses of all size, shapes, or forms in a rather unique approach to uh, corporate security in this distributed world and an emerging field, according to Gartner, and they are considered a disruptor in the field. So that's it for today. I hope you have a wonderful day, and as always, stay secure. <laughs>